It's a new school year. Oh my. I can't believe it. Actually, some people may have already started yet. Some people won't start until September. It's crazy this time of year. The bottom line is, though, we're excited to be back with you to talk about another word this month. Um, We're going to jump right in. If you haven't joined us before, if this is your first time, this podcast is um, a production of Core Essential Values, which is a curriculum company that works with schools and communities and parents to talk about one word every month and how it impacts the lives of kids in schools and families. My name is Leslie Bolser. I work for Core Essential Values as the creative director. I work with the curriculum and the programming that we do. And I'm so excited that a couple years ago, we started this podcast where I get to talk every month to my friend, Dr. Beth, who just shares insight with me and with all of you listeners about how we can parent best within these value words. So Beth, could you introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm excited for a a new school year, a new series of words to talk about each month together. So yeah, thanks for having me. I just love this. So I'm Dr. Beth Trammell, and I am a licensed psychologist and an associate professor of psychology at Indiana University East, where I'm also the director of the Master's in Mental Health Counseling Program. Uh, And I focus with parents and teachers and really any grown-up who's around kids uh, to really make words matter for good. So I focus on behavioral and communication strategies to build connection between adults and kids and frankly, just people and people um, to, yeah, increase that connection and frankly, get kids to do the things we need them to do to decrease our frustration as parents. I just love this idea of focusing on one word. I think that for many parents, it takes it from being really overwhelming of all these things we have to teach our kids, you know, before they get to be a grown up. Although I, I kind of think even at 42, like my parents are still teaching me things that I'm like, wow, thanks mom. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like a grown up, and you're still teaching me things. So anyway, yeah. So that's me. And um, yeah, I love words and you love words. Yeah. So that's a great segue. Let's get started. It's great. Let's go. So this month, the word that we're going to be talking about this month is one that I personally really, really love actually. I have always thought of myself as this kind of person since I was little. I've really loved exploring like what this word means, but I do find that as I get older, it is more difficult Mm. to live this word, I would say, in a grown-up world. So the word that we're talking about this month is creativity. Um, And the way we're talking about creativity, sort of the the phrase, it's not really a definition, but the phrase that we ascribe to this that goes with it is using your imagination to do something new. And when I was, you know, gosh, even 10 or 12 years younger, I really felt like I was a creative person a lot of the time. And now I feel like I have to find moments for creativity Mm -hmm. instead of part of who I am. So I would love to talk about that. I want to talk about creativity as a grown up. what that means as a parent who maybe is feeling busy or overwhelmed or starting a new school year brings up a lot of stuff, right? And I also want to talk to you about developing creativity in our kids and what that might mean as a parent in terms of our level of comfort and our level of convenience and all that. So let's start with kids. If we want to raise creative kids, Creative kids are going to be the problem solvers of our future, right? They're going to keep us alive <laughs> in the coming decades. So we want creative kids. How can we as parents really encourage creativity in our young people? I love this. And I love kind of the phrase that we associate with this word um, because it really does just kind of get at the heart of this idea of almost a similar to curiosity, right? Like we have to create the space for them 
as parents to be curious. And um, I was having a conversation earlier this morning uh, with another kind of fellow words person. And as parents, I think in this day and age, we have shied away from allowing our kids to be bored. So for me, one of the very first things is to recognize that if we expect them to be creative, we have to create space for them to do that. So they can't be constantly stimulated with Mm. screens or devices or things around them that we are specifically saying they have to do in this specific way. So yes, it's great that we provide structure. And listen, I am the first parent out there to be like, kids need structure and we need to make sure that we are, um, you know, guiding them and, and facilitating learning in a lot of ways. But they also need space. They also need space to create their own play and environment. And yeah, so the first thing for me is is recognizing that they need the space to do that without us being in control of every moment of their day. Yeah, that's really fantastic. So what are some ways you think if given space, given time, allowing boredom are really great opportunities for kids to show creativity. What else can we do as parents, you know, as parents of young children or elementary preschool age children, how should we be encouraging creativity? Yeah. So for our our really young ones, we can really just provide them with a very, very few materials, right? Like a few things that you even have laying around the house and let them start tinkering. Our little ones, our preschoolers, especially, they are naturally curious towards tinkering. And most of us just kind of get in the way of that right? Because we're like, oh boy, if they tinker with, you know, the pots and pans, then I'm just going to have to clean them all up. Or if I get out a sorting activity, you know, I I'm picturing, um, the, those little like colored bears, they're like in all these different little colors and it's like a little sorting thing. Kids, kids at this age love to sort. And then the parents are like, oh, it's just such a mess. I don't want to do it. You know? So it's, allowing yourself to be in that that zone of ugh and overcoming yeah. that zone of ugh to to kind of allow them to be able to do that so giving them some of the materials to do that and then letting them kind of tinker around with it yeah. for our um, elementary age kids and our older kids especially if they've been in school they have been kind of pushed to be creative in kind of semi-structured ways, right? So maybe in art class, they were given some aluminum foil and a plastic cup, and they were told to create art with it, right? So you might ask them, you know, what kinds of things are you doing in art class? What kinds of materials is your art teacher providing for you? So sometimes we get a kind of narrow focus of creativity to mean creativity and artistic ability go together. And that's not necessarily the same thing, but it might be an easy way for parents to kind of take a first step toward creativity if they connect it to some kind of art projects or craft projects that you might find. Yeah, that's that's really good. Um, For older kids, like adolescents, high school age students, I'm thinking about you know, how creativity in some ways requires vulnerability or risk-taking, right? You're putting yourself out there because creativity is so connected with who we are, 
right? It's an expression of yourself. So when you think about or sorry, middle or high school students, kids in that age, and you think about what it requires for them to allow themselves to be creative, how do we have conversations with them about maybe not being always in the comfort zone or not being always in control when you are being, when you're creating? Yeah, creativity really does go right hand in hand with vulnerability. Like you said, if I'm going to use my imagination, right, I'm going to create something in my mind and then I'm going to put it out there for the world to see, you are taking a risk. And when we think about teenagers in a world of popularity, social capital, kind of needing to feel like I fit in and I belong, it can feel really scary to step out of my comfort zone, use my imagination and create something new. So I think the first thing is to encourage them to be brave. Uh, You know, I think paying attention to ways that your child might be being brave on their own and what are our reactions to that. For example, my 14-year-old, he loves to cook. He actually has kind of developed this real, actually, it's quite a, a great skill. And it's also sometimes very inconvenient for me as a parent, because I'm like, how many ingredients are you going to have on the kitchen counter? And how many dishes are going to end up in the sink? And how many globs of some unknown liquid are going to land all over the counter? Yes. It can be very messy and very expensive to have a young in your house. It really can be. And so it's a very creative way for him to frankly, meet his own needs, but then also like give him some additional skills to learn as a, an adult later. And yet sometimes my reactions to his creativity certainly do not encourage creativity. For example, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> right? So like even, even a question with that tone in that way is, is certainly not encouraging creativity. You have um, a, a kiddo who likes to paint And you're like, I can't deal with the paint, Beth, you know, they're going to mix it all up and it's going to be a mess and it's going to end up all over everything. Right. Or when they bring you something um, that they have painted. Right. So my little guy decided that he wanted to paint his remote control car and it was covered in brown because he mixed all the colors, Mm -hmm. which was anyway, he brought this to me and I was like, um, Wow, buddy. Yeah, that's something. Mm. Sometimes our reactions can either encourage or discourage the continuation of creativity. And when our kids are kind of stepping out into that risky space to use their imagination, do something else, and we're sort of like, that sucks, you know, it's not necessarily the best thing to continue to encourage creativity. I think the other thing that I think about for teenagers, especially are teenagers who are very into posting on social media. Maybe they have Instagram. Maybe they're getting into photography in some ways, whether it's lots of selfies or they're taking pictures of other things. Photography is a very beautiful outlet for uh, creativity in our teenagers and even our, our, our preteens. Pay attention to, you know, kind of how you're responding to their photography. And then maybe you can encourage expanding Right. So if all they're posting is selfies, maybe you can encourage them to expand that photography into something else that might expand some of their creative juices in some way. 
Yeah, that's really great. I, I'm thinking back to when I was in college, um, I worked in a student organization with the Dean of Students at my university. And he used to always start every talk with, you know, a few sentences about how creative college students are. And he would go on and on about creativity. And most of the young people in the room, we'd all be like, what is he even talking about? And he would just describe when visiting fraternities on the weekends, the elaborate systems they had for keeping the Dean's visit from discovering the party that was happening in that basement that fraternity party in the basement and they had you know uh going through certain stairways all the way up to the top of the building and then back down and in the meantime there were walkie-talkie systems to hide all the alcohol and all of that stuff and so he would say you know it's against the rules and it is something that we discourage but you are incredibly creative young people <laughs> to be able to pull all of that stuff off and it always kind of you know broke the ice a little bit and said the tone then he could explain like why these things why these rules are in place how they're protecting the students and all that stuff but i always thought what a great way um to to tell students here's this positive thing about you here's how you're using it in a really negative way <laughs> that's right and how do we hone that skill right it's like it's similar to being resourceful it's like wow you're really resourceful. You're figuring problems out. You're figuring things out. It's inconvenient for me. It's messy. It's it feels a little bit manipulative, but you know, let's hone that skill for something that we can use later in life. So I think part of it is acknowledging like you're saying through photography, through the outfits that they choose to wear, through the style that they choose for their hair, whatever it is, acknowledging that that expression is creative. Um and even just pointing out what creativity is and where they're already creative might allow them to take some chances in other areas as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I'm also thinking about something you and I have kind of talked about creatives like you and I, right? I, I proudly state that one of the things about me is that I'm creative, right? I, I encourage in a lot of the talks that I do to have identity statements or mantras that we have that we're proud of that we can declare out loud. And one of mine is always that I'm creative. And I find that in the grind of everyday life, it feels like those days where I'm like busy, 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 you know, do, do, do all the things, all the things, all the things. I'm more tired on those days. I think because I haven't done anything intentional to speak into that part of me. Yeah. That part of you that is natural to you that needs its own space to make you feel, you know, fully yourself, your creative self. Yeah. And so I think the other thing to remember is making sure that we're taking intentional time for ourselves to be creative too. And so if you're a listener and you're like, well, I'm not creative, <laughs> maybe you have a very like, you know, straightforward kind of mindset and you don't really like to stray from that idea too far that's okay. Recognizing that that's part of who you are is also important. And if you're a person who's like, I got to switch it up a little bit, I got to do something a little bit more. Maybe it takes intentional planning every day, right? To just take a few moments, right? I'm not talking about like, oh yeah, plan a, you know, a pottery lesson every day of your life. <laughs> you know, that's just not realistic. Or, or maybe this for you, that would be amazing. But yeah, remember that prioritizing your own creativity is also an important part. For sure, because it helps you one, remember that feeling of vulnerability that your kid is facing. Um, and it also helps you remember for your younger children, what it feels like to be proud of something that you've done, right? Mm -hmm. To have 
to have that painting to hold up at the end that's going to go on the refrigerator. It feels pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I I love that. I think one last thing I'm thinking about too is um, comparison is sort of like the death of all things creative. Yeah, that's a great point. So, and you know what actually came to mind when you just said something that prompted, like, I see pictures on social social media of like date night or the girls night out where they're all holding up paintings. Yeah, like uh, wine and canvas kind of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Like pints and paint or like things like that. Those are great and amazing. And I think if you're going to do those things, I think it's really critical that you remember like if you're looking to the right and the left at like your friend's canvas, it is going to be the death of all things creative. So just take a breath, you know, take a breath and say, you know what, I'm going to just do it because it really is a choice. You know, being creative is a choice, like forgetting about comparison is an active choice that you have to continue to do over and over. And I think with this word, especially and this time of year, I think it's just a good reminder about really fighting off that comparison trap. Yeah, that's that's a really great point. Well, this has been a super fun conversation. Um, and I'm inspired and encouraged to find some creative outlet for myself every day. Because I think you're right. I think if that's a part of who we are, then we need to lean into that and express that as much as possible. So thank you for that. That was really fantastic. All right. Well, if folks want to know more about what you do in your work, how can they find you? I actually launched a brand new website. That's just my name now, bethtramel.com. Two M's, two L's, Beth Trammell. Um, I also have two podcasts. One is about child and adolescent mental health. And the other podcast is called Things You Learn in Therapy, where I interview therapists and psychologists from all over the world. Um, so if you are interested in tuning in, feel free to tune into that. I think that's it. We're going to go be creative. We'll be back. We're going to go be creative. For sure. Okay. So you can find me um, more about Core Essential Values. Our uh, social media is at CE Values and our website is coreessentials.org. Yeah. We'll be back next month. Thanks everybody. Awesome. See you.